comes up.
got a whole bunch of hate going on, got a whole bunch of civil wars and apple cups today. And, man, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. It's rivalry week, and it, it, it doesn't get any better than this. But speaking of which, once again, I want to say War Eagle to everybody. I want to say War Eagle to my man T-Rex and, and a War Eagle to the admin Wendy because I got a special feeling about this weekend, man. I just, it's just something about it. Just, just, just love it, man. Just love it. But we're going to get into, we're going to get into the, into the iron ball. We're going to get into Georgia, Georgia Tech, the dogs versus the nerds, uh, South Carolina Clemson as well. Um, of course, the two in the north, in the north, uh, northwest, Pacific Northwest, Oregon, Oregon State, Washington, Washington State, big games there. Bowl implications abound with those two games as well. So, very much, very much, just, just excited about the weekend, man. Hopefully, everybody had a great Thanksgiving weekend and and a uh, great weekend in general, man. And and. Uh, Giving thanks to everybody, man, and um, I want to give want to give a special thanks to uh, the Desert Storm crew and DJ Clue, uh, those guys over there, what they do at Desert Storm Radio. Uh, I also want to give a shout out to T Rex, Bad uh, Man Wendy, Casey Cordier. I mean, y'all know what y'all do, man. The whole family, the whole Live by Test family, Guap, uh, just. Just uh, everybody involved, man. But first off, before we even get started, man, you know, always know what we do, man. Let's go ahead and hit this daily devotional, man. Then we're gonna we're gonna come back and talk some. We're gonna come back and talk some real stuff, man, because uh, you know, I, I, I'm ready for this game, and hopefully, uh, hopefully, them Alabama fans they ready too, because uh, you know, it just is what it is, you know. But let's get this thing started, man, and uh. This is for my friends over at In Touch. In Touch. Um, today is called God is in Control, and the scripture comes from Romans chapter eight, verses twenty-eight and twenty-nine. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose, for those whom He foreknew. He also predestined to become conformed to the image of His Son. So that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. Nothing that happens is beyond God's control. Ultimately, whatever whatever comes into our life is either sent by our Father or permitted by Him, and that which does not enter is withheld according to His will. But believers sometimes get so caught up in the moment that they forget the Lord's omnipotence. Then when life is challenging or comfortable, the temptation is to react against whatever seems to be causing them trouble, fire, blame the boss, single, blame the opposite sex. To illustrate this idea, think about a child who must swallow a nasty-tasting antibiotic. In a fit of frustration, he slaps the bottle from his mother's hand, even though the container is only a secondary agent. Mom is the one who dispenses the medicine, but since he cannot slap her, he turns his irritation against the vessel. When we quote unquote slap away the bottle, we take our we take out our anger and resentment on the vessel the Lord is using. Instead of accept, instead of accepting his will at work is that work, 
God does assure us that he's working out the details of life in a way that will ultimately benefit us. But we can't assume this means everything will turn out to our liking. Sometimes it's easier to turn our wrath against an earthly agent than to be honest with our Heavenly Father about frustration over circumstances. But the Lord welcomes honesty. Both Jesus and the Apostle Paul cried out to him in anguish, as stated in Matthew 26 and 39 and 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 through 9. If we recognize that God is in control and God in our future for good, then we will not stay discouraged for long. I'm going to read that last sentence to you because I think that's a good thing to start off at for the rest of the day. If we recognize that God is in control and God in our future for good, then we will not stay discouraged for long. Whew. That's the powerful stuff right there. That's the powerful stuff right there. I mean, let's just think about it, man. I mean, you can't really just, I, I don't know. I mean, you can't really add anything else to that. But I tried, so, but the Lord didn't let me look at it that way. He took those words out of my mouth, so. <laughs> so we're going to take a quick station break. We'll be right back. Man. We're gonna talk some we're gonna talk some old fashioned hate. Y'all stay tuned.
Welcome back to the Press Box and Tailgate Crew. My name is Jermaine. Shout out to the man, Young Johnny. Yeah, that was so I'm so Alabama, but I, I'm 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 a little bit Auburn right now, so uh, you know I can't even roll with that right now. But shout out to you anyway, man. Hope you had a good Thanksgiving. Hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving, man. We gonna get we gonna jump right into it, man. We gonna talk dogs versus nerds right now, and I I'm I'm excited about this game. It's a twelve o'clock start. Georgia, Georgia Tech, just looking for looking for a lot of fun to be had. Um, Georgia Tech's won two of the last three games, um, but they haven't won they haven't won at home in over twenty years. And um, really excited for this game. Bulldogs are going for nine in a row at on the flats. You know, just really, I'm, I'm excited about this game because I, 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 it's a clash of styles. Yeah, two young quarterbacks that are really good at what they do. Um, is this Paul Johnson's last game as Georgia Tech head coach? Well, of course, we know um, with the big Adidas money that they're about to get next year, will they try to make a splash and get another head coach next year? Um, I think this game and I think the rest of the season will – and the bowl game will actually decide his fate. I mean, and that's the sad thing about the state of affairs at Georgia Tech. Bobby Johnson has done nothing but great things. He's won championships. He's gone to uh, BCS games. He got real close to going to a New Year's Six Bowl game uh, a couple years ago and last year, to be honest with you. So we look at what they lost. They lost a good quarter. They lost a good quarterback in Justin Thomas, but they've got a great court. They've got a good young quarterback this year. Uh, the Harris County kid. So I'm looking forward to seeing what Georgia Tech can do. Um, I mean, it's, it's, of course, it's going to be – it's probably going to be a two-hour game. Um, it's fast as these two teams work. Um, Jake Fromm may put the ball up at least at least 15 times today. But you're going to see a lot of running. You're going to see a lot of running in football. Um, I want to see if Georgia Tech – I want to see if Georgia can stop the, can stop the triple option. I want to see if Georgia Tech can stop that two-headed that two-headed monster that sometimes turns into a three-headed monster uh, at running back at Georgia at Georgia. So, you know, it's going to be it's a clash of styles, but it's also a mirror of styles if if you want to look at it from that standpoint because both teams want to run the ball, both teams want to establish the run. Jim Cheney wants to wants to change up a little bit. He wants to throw. He wants to throw. He wants to be in front of the chains and, you know, give you that give you that option to run the ball, pass the ball, um, at times take chances deep. So really excited to see what we what we're gonna see here in, in regards to that. Defenses, I just I, I really want to see what what's gonna happen. In his in his in his game, and here's three keys for you, and uh, one of the things that Georgia Tech needs to do is they need to <laughs> they need to get an early lead because this is a team they're not built to come from behind, but they have come from behind and beat <laughs> Georgia a couple times, but. I think 
you have to get an early lead. That that has to happen. I mean, because when you let Georgia in the game and they turn they turn it on, they turn it up this season, they haven't turned it down. So gotta get an early lead. You gotta get some turnovers. I mean, those running backs don't turn the ball over <laughs> if not at all. You gotta get some pressure on the quarterback. Those these are these are very 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 important things for Georgia Tech to do. Now, and the third thing is when they get in the red zone, they gotta take care. They gotta take care of the responsibilities in the red zone. Georgia Tech has done that a little bit better here in the last couple of weeks. They have you know they don't they don't kick field goals. They either put it in the end zone or they don't. So. Um, and like seven representation touchdowns since the Clemson game, they've scored six touchdowns. So that just tells you that tells you a lot. You know, Georgia gives up 14, 14 points a game, so they got to take advantage of their opportunities. This is this is a Georgia Tech. This is Georgia Tech uh, right here. Now, for Georgia, Georgia has to establish the running game. They have to establish. Once they establish the run game, they they can establish the play action passing game. Once they establish that, they can they can beat you in all ways. What Georgia needs to do, they need to be very disciplined and they need to defensively, they need to be very disciplined, they need to be very, very cognizant of the eye candy, as I like to call it. Because this is this is one of the things that Georgia that Georgia Tech does. There's a lot of eye candy in their in their triple option. You have to watch the ball, you have to play you have to Play assignment football. I mean, who's got the pitch? Who's got the who's got the pitch man? Who's got the quarterback? I mean, you you got to you got to you got to play very disciplined, and you got to establish the perimeter. If you're Georgia Tech, those defensive ends, those linebackers, they have to they have to establish the perimeter. They have to establish shutting it back inside. You know, getting that help on the inside. You know, because. This is a side-to-side game for Georgia Tech. And be cognizant of the deep ball because Georgia Tech, even though they don't throw the ball much, they do throw the ball very well, and they can throw the deep ball very well. So this is, these are some of the things that, that Georgia Tech, that Georgia has to do. Georgia also has to win has to win the special teams game. You know, sometimes they can get bogged down in the red zone, and they got to get points on the board. Sometimes they can they can run themselves into fourth downs. They got to flip the field position with the punter game. They've got a good punter. They've got a good kicker. They've got to win. They've got to win the special teams game as well. That was some. That was one of the things that they didn't do well against against Auburn. One of the many things that they didn't do well against Auburn that Georgia didn't do. They didn't establish themselves in the kicking game. They didn't establish themselves in the running game. This is something that they need to do. Right off the bat, they need to get they need to get on the run game. They need to get in position to to score a lot of points because this is Georgia Tech team that can score points, but they're not built to come from behind. So if you jump on them and jump on them early, this could be trouble for Georgia Tech. I'm picking Georgia in this game. I'm picking Georgia by at least by at least ten. Um, I think I think you're going to see a lot of I think you're going to see a lot of a lot of action. I think you're going to see a lot of a lot of emotion come out of this game because again, Paul Johnson, you know, could this be his last game? 
this will be his last game at Bobby Dodd. Um, are we looking at a possible coaching change um, in terms of philosophies and stuff? I mean, I, I honestly hope that he stays because I think that, you know, he gives Georgia Tech a, a unique a unique kind of kind of vibe. So I think he should stay. But, you know, like I said, the Adidas money might be a little bit too much. So, I mean, you never you never can tell. So, But Georgia, Georgia Tech, like Georgia in this game, I like them big. I, I really I, – I like them. I like them by at least 10. I really do. And – like I said, special teams, special teams, and and everything is gonna be it's gonna be very, very, very important for this game. So, um, moving on, another another key game that, this week um, that a lot of people aren't talking about. I mean, a lot of, a lot of teams, a lot of people aren't talking about. You know, is Ohio State, Michigan. I mean, this is a big game in regards of legacies now. Jim Harbaugh, you know, he's he's like what, one in one in eleven, one in twelve against um, combined against uh, Ohio State, Michigan State, um, Penn State, and Wisconsin. I think. Um, or one and nine or something like that, you know, against the big three, against the the other big teams in this conference. This is a career defining game for Michigan, for for Jim Harbaugh. I mean, it really is. It's a legacy defining game for for, for Michigan. The thing about about Ohio State Michigan, you already know what you're gonna get, and you're gonna get hard nose in your face. Just pure hatred between the two schools. I love the fact that what we're going to see today is just going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, Michigan has to stop JT Barrett, and JT Barrett's been so hot here lately. I don't think anybody can can stop. <laughs> Excuse me. I don't think anybody has been able to really contain him since the since the Iowa loss. That that was a that was a big time loss for 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 Ohio State. You know, giving up fifty five points. Um, giving up fifty five points, giving up the points that they that they gave up. You know, in that game, and then coupled with the game that they had against. Against the Oklahoma early in the season, I just, I, I, I just saw just a big, complete difference from, from what you saw in those two games from JT Baird to what we saw. You know that come from behind victory a couple of weeks ago, where he was just lights out, and it's so, I'm, I'm so excited to see what's going to happen in this game. Of course, we know the quarterback play for Michigan. Wilson Spate going down, injured. John O'Corn not being not being effective. Um, they brought in the quarterback Brandon Peters, uh, five-star quarterback from Avon, Indiana, from um, from Indiana. 
kick him, kick him ball out. I, I think if, if you give him enough time, give him, give him, find what he's comfortable doing. I think that's one of the things they haven't done. They haven't established the run game, which means that he's got everything on his shoulders. And that's the, that's the one thing that a lot of people don't talk about when they talk about Michigan. There's a lot of people who love to say, "Hey, this, this, and this." It's like, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna like break it out to you right now. When you have quarterback play, and you have the quarterback play that we have here at Michigan, where you have a young offensive line, and then you got you got <laughs> happy feet in the back in the, in the backfield with a quarterback. You know they give up a lot of sacks. They've given up a lot of sacks. They've not played the way that they should be playing. I mean, I, I I'm very disappointed in what I've seen in in Michigan this year, and it's shown shown up in this game. It's shown up in the last few weeks, the Wisconsin game where. If you had an established quarterback, they would have won that game. Again, look at look at what you see out of Wisconsin. Look at what you see out of out of everybody else. This 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 is a game that shouldn't be close, but it will be close. This this game shouldn't be close at all. Ohio State should go into Michigan Stadium and blow them out, but. There's so much emotion in this game. There's so much. There's so much emotion in this game that you know you you really won't see anywhere else, and that's what's gonna make this game so 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 much fun. You put some money in a savings account, and um, I, I'm ready. I'm ready to see it. I said I'm ready to see it. So, with that being said, who who am I picking for this game? I like Michigan being the home team, but Michigan can't can't get out of their own feet. You know, George Sipple of the Detroit Free Press, he's got a he's got a um prediction board up. I say Michigan wins. But who am I kidding? <laughs> I say Michigan wins on, on his board, but I think Ohio State wins this game. They win this game very close because it because it is what it is. I think Ohio State wins this game by at least a touchdown, maybe less. I also wouldn't be surprised if Ohio State comes in and blows Michigan out of the water. I wouldn't be surprised if if JC Berry goes over ten thousand yards passing in this game, which. That means he'd have to throw about 1,200 yards this game, I think, something like that. So, I mean, I, I know that won't happen, but, you know, it, it just – it sounded good. I'm just going to put it that way. Um, <laughs> I like the quarterback play of, of Ohio State. Defensively, there's a lot of, there's a lot to be said defensively about, about Michigan this year. They were very sound early in the year. But they they went to sucking at the end of the year, toward the, the middle and toward the end of the year, due to injuries, 
and just due to lack of lack of confidence, I, I would guess, I would gather, or lack of concentration, which is a better way of putting it. Who knows? But we're going to take a quick station break. We'll be right back. We're going to come back. We're going to, going to, talk, some, going to talk some Apple Cup. Y'all stay tuned. This is SEC, man. It's only played one way. You lock and load, and you do what we do.
to DesertStormRadio.com, your global DJ network, brought to you by the world-famous DJ Clue. Clue. Welcome back to the Press Box and Tailgate Crew. My name is Jermaine. The main event is in the building. War Eagle to everybody. War Eagle to, War Eagle to all the Alabama fans right now. War Eagle to all the, those Georgia fans. Good luck against those nerds. Out on the flats in Atlanta, but before we jump in, before we jump into anything right now, there's a lot of there's a lot of smoking guns here um, in regards to, to the coaching carousel. Uh, there regards to Nebraska, uh, a lot of reports coming out of Lincoln this morning and and last night that uh, there's a deal that's been finalized between Scott Frost. Who is a former national champion uh, quarterback at at Nebraska, uh, and one of the, the the nation's premier offensive coordinators who just got his first coaching job uh, at UCF. Congratulations to him for an undefeated, undefeated regular season. Um, Scott Frost, there's there's some there's some reports out there that are saying that there's a deal that's finalized between Nebraska and Scott Frost. Um, this has been said over the, over the last couple of days. Um, that means that the writing's on the wall for Mike Riley. I thought Mike Riley would probably get get fired um, in the post game handshake by Kurt Ferentz, you know, after getting just whitewashed, um, after letting um, Iowa score thirty five. I'm sorry, 42 uh, unanswered points um, in that in that second half to to get whitewashed at home at Memorial Stadium, 56 to 14. Um, if this is true, then then uh, Mike Riley, is, the writings on the wall for Mike Riley. Um, this is coming from Lars Anderson, who who's um, Familiar with multiple people from the nine, from those national championship teams in, in Nebraska from the nineties, uh, and that does include Scott Frost. Uh, he's also a guy who um, who thinks who said he's heard that there's an agreement been, that has been made. Scott Frost. That means that if that's the if that's the case, then. Nebraska has paid a hefty payout for him. Will that announcement come this week? Will that announcement come after the AAC championship game? Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of moving parts in this right now, and I'm just really wondering what what Scott Frost is thinking of this. Um, he did say that there was a um, there was a rumor that he had took the Florida job. He said that was completely false. There's a rumor that he had that he had secretly interviewed for the Tennessee job. That turned out to be false, um, you know. And we're looking at other things on that coaching front in, in regards to uh, again Florida, Tennessee, and UCLA with um, with Chip Kelly. Um, Kelly's Kelly's gonna Kelly again. Uh, he's overplayed his hand, and both and it seems like both schools have. Have looked to move on from Chip Kelly, um, according to some reports. 
Uh, there was other pre-reports earlier in the week that said that uh, Chip Kelly was 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 close to signing a deal with Florida. He wanted to hear from UCLA. His demands got to be a little bit too steep for UCLA. His demands got to be a little bit too steep for Tennessee. Um, he's reported to have burned his bridges with both schools. The other school now that's left that, that will probably even talk to him is the possibility of an Ole Miss, the possibility of a um, possibility of Ole Miss, you know, Southern Miss. Their coach, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that are said about about Southern Miss's coach that could he could go from Southern Miss to Ole Miss. Um, don't know how true that is. Um, I know Southern Miss didn't have a great year this year, being a young team uh, in the Conference USA this year. So there's a lot of things that have been said about that. But the splash hires, a lot of people won't right now. You're looking at a Scott Frost. You're looking at a, um, a Chip Kelly. You're looking at Bob Stoops, who said that he's not coming out of retirement, not for anybody. Um, John Gruden, who said, who's been constantly stated as saying that he's preparing himself to coach again. Um, and I think that he's going to coach at the college level. Um I think a lot of people are going to look at look at a guy like John Gruden and pull from his pedigree, pull from him being a quarterback whisperer. I mean, you look at the coaches that have come out that have come out of his out of that time frame and out of that line, that lineage that he has. I mean, his own brother, uh, who's a coach at uh, with the Redskins and. Um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to seeing what's going to happen here with the whole Central Florida, South Florida situation. Uh, Charles Strong's name has also come up in the Ole Miss um, conversations, also come up in the uh, Tennessee conversation as well. I don't think that Charles Strong wants to go anywhere right now. Um, he's, got, he's got something good going at – he's got something good at South Florida right now. And I think he wants to. I think he wants to mind his way through that for a little bit. I, I think that that's a good deal for him right now. Um, I think another thing that I think another another coach that that comes to mind, you know, in regards to this, you know, we haven't looked at the defensive side, but Dave Miranda um, is is a possibility. Brett Bielema, you know, he could bounce back. And speaking of Brett Bielema. Um, I'm so disappointed in the way that um, Arkansas handled that situation. Um, as you can tell, when he was coming off the field after after the handshake, um, someone walked up to him and told him that he would, before he even walked into the tunnel, that he had been let go. Um, and the reason the reason that they gave behind it was. And it, it was a it's a rather BS claim. Um, they said basically that they wanted to give they wanted to give Coach Bielema a chance to talk to the team before they left them alone vacation because uh, <laughs> yeah, before they left on a long vacation. On their long vacation because 
actually Arkansas does not go back to school until doesn't go back to school until Thursday. So, um, so I, my my thing is this, you know, it's one thing to let go of a coach immediately after a game, but before they even make it into the before they even make it into the locker room, you pull them to the side and tell them, "Hey, um, <laughs> you're fired," <laughs> you know. And I'm like, "Wow, just wow," you know. I think that I think for me, that's a little bush, a little bush league, and not is it bush league, but it's it shows the kind of it shows the kind of people. That will be <clears throat> that will be running that that running the, the athletic program, you know, and it, it's it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad, but that, that's pretty much all I've said about that. Um, we're gonna take another quick station break. We'll be right back. Um, but first off, we're gonna take this caller. Call us, state your name, where you're from. All right, I guess the caller just didn't want to talk. We're going to take a quick station break. We'll be right back. We're going to talk some Iron Bowl. Well, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to talk a little bit more about, about some other things, about some other college football that's going on today. Y'all stay tuned.
Auburn, Jordan Hell, and get this tiger pop. Nick Marshall might just go soon that they hike it off. Or get that thing to Corey Grant, I bet he taking off. Trey Mason might just come straight out that backfield. Fly right by your run, you over, go get an Advil. This the home of Randy Brown and Bo Jackson. Ready to line up on that field. Told us so action. Helmets clashing. Drop back, quarterback pass. Might juke you out your shoe. That was nasty.
Welcome back to the Press Box and the Tailgate Crew. My name is Jermaine. The main event is in the building. So excited, man. We about, we about well, less than five, less than four and a half hours away <coughs> from probably one of the biggest Iron Bowls in the last three, four years. You know, a lot of people are talking about the kick six that we keep hanging on and all this stuff. You know, we keep hanging on to, quote, unquote, no, 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 we're not hanging on to it. This is just a big time a year for us Auburn fans because we know what y'all don't know and what y'all fail to see. But throw out a couple numbers at you. In the last 18 years, Auburn is actually 10 and 8. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, I'm going to throw it out there to you. Auburn is actually <laughs> 10 and 9 in the last 19 Iron Bowls. So, that being said, you know, we look at the six in a row, we look at this, we look at that. Nick Saban's only, <laughs> only, only, he's only four and seven, he's only like, what? I mean, he's like, what, eight and three or three and eight, uh, something like that, you know, in the last, yeah, I mean, I think he's like, I think he's like, what, five and six or four and seven or seven and four in Iron Bowl games, something like that. I can't remember right off the actual number, but we're looking at this and I'm like, wow. Auburn has a chance to win this game. Not only does Auburn have a chance to win the game, Auburn can win this game convincingly, but they've got to have some things roll their way. And one of the keys to the game to me that I I think that that should really happen, that, that really needs to happen from an Auburn perspective is this. Auburn has to take some chances on first down. They, I mean, in order for them, not in order for, because you know, you know, we all know that Alabama's going to load up against the run a little bit, but they're also very sound in in the back end. They're going to run some exotic blitz, blitz schemes at us. They're going to run some. They're going to run some different things at us, but. Here's the thing that's going to differentiate us from them. We've got a quarterback that can throw the ball. <laughs> so we're going to take the deep shots. But we got to make the smart you got to make the smart decisions when we take the deep shots. We have still got to play in front of the chain, especially especially against this Alabama team. Um one of the things that a lot of people talked about was this In the nine wins that we have, we average almost 300 yards rushing. In the two losses that we have, we average almost 114 yards. And it's similar in the in the in the carries that we get. <coughs> 5.69 in the wins. 5.69 yards carried in the wins. As opposed to 
I think it's like 2.2 yards per rush. 2.64 yards in losses. So what we need to do right now to loosen up Alabama, we have to be we got to be completely balanced on first down. We have to we have to take calculated risks. Um, at times, we also not only do we have to take calculated risks, but we've got to establish the run game. We've got to get the eye candy going early. You know, once you get the eye candy going early, then that that's gonna make that's gonna make this team that much better. And the one thing that, that Alabama needs to do on the flip side defensively is they can't look at the eye candy too much because Auburn likes to run a lot of motion, and then they like to run behind the motion. They like to set up. They like to throw screens. No, they like to throw screens. They also like to run misdirection plays as well. So when we look at Alabama and we look at the flow that Auburn runs toward, they'll come back, and that creates numbers. I mean, as, as we saw in the screen pass, uh, with Carry on Johnson, that that pretty much sealed that sealed all uh, Georgia's fate uh, in the Georgia game um, with that screen pass. Also, we look at the calculated deep balls. The rapport that Jared Stidham has with his receivers now is paramount, and it ha- you have to be very much precise in his passing. He has to be precise in his passing because you got some ball hawks got some ball hawks behind you in, in in that in that secondary for Alabama. Minka Fitzpatrick. I mean the two the two young corners. They're physical. They're very physical and they're very they're very much able to deal with anybody and everybody that they've come across. Hence the reason why they're undefeated. Hence the reason why they're looking forward to playing in the Georgia Dome should they win today. Both teams are, to be honest with you. Let's just be straight up with that. This is a game that's not for the week. I think Jared Stidham came came to came to Auburn for this for this very reason. I think Jalen Hurts came to Alabama for that very same reason. You're gonna see two very composed quarterbacks. You're gonna see two very composed defenses. I only, only the only real worry that I have in regards to to Auburn is can they stop the run game? Can they get enough penetration up top to stop the run game? Can they get enough penetration to to get the quarterback on the ground? Can they get pressure on the quarterback? You know, they don't give up many points as well. Auburn doesn't. <laughs> I mean, I think the over-under on this game is like 69 points. Yeah, between 69 and 79 points, I, I think the over-under is. I don't – I really don't see this game being a high-scoring game like you saw a couple of years ago, the 55-44 game. I really don't see this game being – being a 24-14 game, I really don't see. I don't see this game being being a being a 45-41 game, a 38-31 game. I see this. I see this score being very, very low scoring. But 
with the potential for there to be fireworks. And and what I mean by that is there's potential that this game can blow up and, and be a shootout, but there's also it's also because these defenses are so precise and they're so good. This could be just a defensive battle throughout. He can come down to field position. And when, it, when I say field position, this can come down to be a special teams type type deal as well. Um, when you look at it from that standpoint, because here here here's what you have. You have Alabama, who's probably got the best punter in the SEC in the history of the SEC on their side. In, in J.K. Scott, you also have you know a young punter for Auburn in that regard, who who can punt. He's just young. Can he? Can it's going to be a field position type game? It's going to come down to who can make field goals. J.K. Scott can make field goals. Papanastos can make field goals of Alabama. Then of course you have Legatron, who's the best kicker in the nation. The girls are finalists. So that being said, you look at you look at the special teams. That's a wash, pretty much, because you got the best punter. The best partner who can put you in good field position. He was also he was also prone to shanking a couple of punts every once in a while. You know, uh, I think I think you, you got to look at it from that standpoint as well. And then and then you also got to look at look at this other situation that you have. <clears throat> the defenses. Alabama has the number one defense in the nation. Auburn has the tenth best defense in the nation. Uh, is that a wash? I, I tend. I, I'm, I'm going to give the edge to Alabama. I think they got a little bit better secondary than that of Auburn. I think the front seven, I think the front seven for Alabama is a little bit better, not much, just a tad bit better than what we see at Auburn. I like the front seven at Auburn. I love the front seven at Auburn. I think Jeff Holland and and those boys can do the job, but I also like like the linebacker core. At like the linebacker core at at Alabama as well. So it, the defenses kind of wash themselves out in, in a way because each defense has their own strength. The front seven for 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 Auburn is very strong. The secondary is is is, is very good. I mean, Mika Fitzpatrick and like I said, the secondaries are very good. Mika Fitzpatrick and and Trey Matthews, they pretty much mirror each other in the way that they in the way that they play. You know, so yes, those are the catalysts there. When you look at the front sevens for both teams, they almost mirror each other there. But I think there's a little bit better. I think the front seven for Alabama is just a little bit better than that of Auburn. But Still, 
again, in that case, they still mirror each other. So it is so it's so difficult to give the edge either way either way defensively. Offensively, we look at the offenses. Bo Scarborough, Damian Harris, Jalen Hurts. And then you got some then you got some receivers there. Jerry Judy who who's really, really good, who really came on as a true freshman. Um Right, um, Calvin Ridley's still there. You know, you got you got receivers there as well. Jalen Hurts, can he be the focal point? Can we make him the focal point? Make him beat us with with his arm? It's going to be very difficult to see to see that, and that that's one of the things that we that's yet to be seen. As a you know, can he beat can he beat teams with his with his arm? We've seen him throw touchdown passes, but have we seen him actually take over a game and just be that 300-yard passer? He's not asked to do that. But can we make him be that guy? Uh, I, I, guess that's a, I guess that's a better question. Can we make Jalen Hurts be that guy to throw 300-plus yards? Or, you know, where they, where they have to throw the ball? It's very difficult to say. And you look at the offensive side of the ball where, for Auburn, where you have a Kerryon Johnson, <clears throat> you have a Cam Martin, but you're missing a Cameron Petway, which was really sucks because I thought the Cameron was going to have a big day, big day, uh, a big week, the rest of you no, know, some big weeks the rest of the way, the rest of the way through. Because the way he played at Arkansas, little did we know that he broke his broke his shoulder blade in that game as well. So there's a here's what we have here. We have an impasse. Jet Stidham has the much better arm than has a much better arm than than Jalen Hurts. Let's let's just put it that way. Let's just let's just be honest with this. Jalen Hurts can throw the ball as well, but we haven't seen him throw the ball like he should. Like we haven't seen him have to show off his arm, throw the real deep ball. We haven't haven't seen him do that. Ever seen him do that? I mean, we know he can throw a deep ball. We know he can throw the pretty deep ball, but a lot of his passes are are rhythm passes, three three step drop out of his hands, uh, five step intermediate. You know, we don't see that seven step. We don't see the seven step, big bruising, you know, long, long drawn out plays with him. But I think the edge factor in this game will be Jalen Hurts, and we have to make him the edge factor. I think the edge factor for Auburn is. This is the defense. I mean, if we can get at least two, if, if Auburn can get at least two stops against Alabama, force them into three and outs, which we know that we're going to force them into three and outs, but we have to sustain that for the whole 60 minutes. You know, we got to play lights out. We got to play lights out defensively. We got to play lights out offensively. 
Am I saying we have to play the perfect game? No, not by any means. But what I am saying is you have to play Auburn football to beat Alabama. That means running the ball. That means taking your chances on first down. I mean, you're going to have to establish the pass to establish the run. I mean, it's just I know it's oxymoronic that I say that, but for us, we have to establish the run. You have to establish. We have to establish the run, and we also have to establish the pass. We gotta make them. We gotta make them be honest. We gotta, you know, a lot of our formations are a bunch of formations. A lot of our formations are run-based formations, but we do have some passing formations, and we will get into five into the five wide receiver formation at, at times. I mean, yes, our spread is is run-based. It's always will be run-based. So. You know, a lot of people say, you know, it's an it's air raid offense, you know, with a run. It's like, yeah, there's elements of the air raid to it, but when you look at it from a grand scheme of it, it's really, you're really a, a running play-action play type team. And, but you see a lot of under center this year as opposed to, what you didn't see in the previous years under Rhett Lashley and and um, and just Malzahn. So, uh, am I excited for that? You dang right I am. <laughs> you dang right I am. So, I mean, I'm, 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 like I said, I'm so excited to see this game. I really am. Um, I want to hear. I want to hear from you guys, man. Like you guys need to call in and let me know what y'all think about this game, man. Call call me up six four six three seven eight two zero two nine eight, man. Let me know you like if you like dogs, if you like jackets, if you like if you like those elephants, or if you like the, you like those tigers. Um, I'm gonna leave my prediction to the end of the to the end of the day to the end of the. To the end of the uh, night, well, to the end of the show, I should say. But um, we're gonna move on. We're gonna take another quick station break. We'll be right back. We're gonna talk some. We're gonna talk some Apple Cup. We're gonna talk Civil War. Y'all, y'all stay tuned. Question. 
and where these tigers roam And what we do to tiger walking all we get to crunk home Just a fight of and Auburn sends a chill to your bones You don't believe me, pack your bags, we'll meet you at the Georgia Dome by the Washington Post. Um, Chip Kelly is reportedly finalizing the deal to become US, UCLA's new head coach. Um, so, that being said, is if this is very, if this is true, there will be an announcement made before the end of the day today, if I'm not mistaken, uh, if I'm reading correctly. So, one coaching vacancy is, is filled, and I'm, I'm actually excited for UCLA. Um, in regards to that, because I mean, let's just think about this here. I mean, UCLA running a spread. They tried to run a spread before. They also tried to run a pistol before, and it just didn't work out for them then. I don't. I don't know if it's going to work out too much for them now. But at the same time, I'm very excited to see what's going to happen with UCLA now. Um, with with USC with USC um, back and 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 up up on top of things again uh, in the city of LA, this is a big this is a big 
cool for, for UCLA. And uh it's gonna be very fun to see to see next year. What's gonna happen? Will 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 Josh Rosen stick around for a senior year or will he go ahead and make that jump? And he's NFL ready now, but I mean I just I'm just really wondering, you know, if Will this be one of those things where he will stay? I mean, hmm. Hmm. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Just a good question. Good questions here. But, um, again, welcome back into the Press Box Tailgate Crew, man. Talking some talking some football, man, and, and rivalry week as well. And I'm so excited, dude. Like, um, Kyle and UCLA played last night, man, and that was that was just that was one of those games you, you just had to you just had to watch. I mean, it, it was ooh, it was one of those, you know, one of those games. But like I said, we got some great games this week, man. Clemson, South Carolina. I, I think South Carolina. Could pull the upset at Williams Bryce against against Clemson. Um, Clemson's number four. Um, South Carolina's unranked. I mean, I, I'm I'm pretty sure it won't be fifty six to seven like it was last year. Um, I love I love Jake Bentley. I love what he can do. I've seen him play. I saw him play before. This Jake Bentley versus Kelly Bryant. I, I think this is probably one of those games where. If you blink for one minute, the first guy who blinks is the, is the one that's going to lose his game. Uh, I think that this could be this could be a really, really, really good game in regards to to the way the game can be played. Now we look at the, we look at other things. If South Carolina, if South Carolina gets to gets to win, this will be a big victory, and it'll possibly knock Clemson out of out of the playoff consideration, even though they do have one game left. And uh, I don't think that one game is gonna gonna help them any because of the way that um, <laughs> because of the way Miami got slapped around yesterday. So um, they've got to win this game. They've got to do some convincing to win this game as well. So yeah. Yeah, they've got to do some convincing to win this game as well, and uh, I'm very excited. I'm very excited to see to see what's going to happen after this. Now, now that we know that uh, Tip Kelly is is going to UCLA, more than likely, um, I think I think we have to look at. Uh, Look at the likes of the Lane Kiffins, the Scott Frost, um, John Gruden's now. I mean, um, since you know that one's off the board now, so it is going to be very. It's going to be very weird to see. Everybody's all mouth watered for all the Florida fans. All mouth watered for, for Chip Kelly. I don't think my buddy Brandon, my buddy Brandon Todd. I don't think he was really excited about about um, Chip Kelly going to Florida. Uh, I think the fan base was. I don't think I don't think he was though. Pretty much, um, 
he wants Urban back. So, <laughs> but uh, I'll spare you. So, I mean, I, I'm I'm excited to see what's going to happen. You know, between now and then. Um, I think. Uh, I think you know you gotta look. You gotta look at some other games, you know, as well. And um, I'll I'll say this, and 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 a lot of people may 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 agree to disagree with me, but um, I'm looking at I myself. I'm looking at uh, Ohio State Michigan is gonna be a, gonna be a big game. Georgia Georgia Tech is gonna be a big game because. Like I said, this could be very big for this could be very big for for Georgia Tech. They win the game, they're bowl eligible. Um, so I mean, this could be big for them. Indiana Purdue, the old Oaken Bucket, uh, Jeff Brom, the way that his team has been playing this year. Um, I mean, this is a team that that. Really could, really could be. Uh, could really help them. They win today against Indiana. They're five. They're 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 six and six. They make it to a bowl game first year. First year, um, Indiana wins. They're bowl eligible. So, this is a very big game for both Purdue and and Indiana from from regard in regards to bowls. Also in regards to recruiting, because. We all know that they're going to be recruiting behind Notre Dame in state. Um, Ball State's going to take going to take the scraps, you know, out of the state of Indiana. So we're we're looking at that from that standpoint. I like Purdue in this game. I think Purdue's got the better quarterbacks. They got two quarterbacks that can just really just play. Um, also, like you know, I like the fact that. You know the way that they've been playing the whole year. They play everybody tight. They've been playing everybody tight. You know they haven't lost a game by more than by more than two touchdowns, and uh, the whole year. I mean, this is a team that could that could easily be nine nine and two, ten and one. I mean, they lost. I mean, you lose to you lose to Michigan by I mean by eighteen, but. By three scores, but other than that, I mean Purdue. I mean you're within you're within earshot of nine and three, eight and three. You know, really, you really are within earshot of of an eight three nine and three season with the team that Daryl Hazel Hazel brought in. He didn't leave the Cumberland bare. He got a lot of people healthy this year. That Daryl Hazel didn't have last year. So, that being said, I really like, I really like, I really like Purdue in this game. Um, again, and we look at you look at um, Indiana schedule as well, man. I mean, Indiana's the same way. I mean, there's a lot of games that they could have won that could have easily been won. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of you know games that Indiana could easily won, easily won, and 
you know, it, it's it's really it's really fun to, to see that Louisville, Kentucky. Um, Kentucky's actually fighting for a New Year's Day bowl bowl spot. They they get they get eight and four. They'll be in the New Year's Day bowl. Missouri, we left Missouri for dead, <laughs> and they've come back and won six straight. This is gonna be a good Missouri team in the next in the next couple of years. Um, they also got a quarterback coming in next year um, as well. Florida, they're in disarray. Um, Vandy, after that great start, just they fell apart at the end. Tennessee, of course, they fell apart from the jump. Um, and then, of course, you have Alabama, Auburn, nine and two. You know, really, I, I really Alabama, should, Auburn should be ten and one right now. Um, I like LSU here. I like LSU. They play. Um, they play in them tonight. Uh, is this a swan song for for Kevin Sumlin? A lot of people are saying yes. This could be this could be his his last game out. You know, I I I, I hope not because he's done some great things there. So, um, but I I think Indiana. I said Indiana five and six. I mean. Really could have, and they really could have been easily, so seven, seven and four, seven and five, you know, seven and four, eight and three, you know, as well. So, uh, I, I, like I said, I'm just really, I'm really excited to see what's going to happen today in, in a lot of these games. Um, I'm going to go ahead and. Uh, See here. Uh, see another some other games, man, that, that that need to be watched. And um, you know these under these under the radar games. I mean, of course you know Alabama, Auburn. You know, um, Wisconsin, Minnesota. You know, playing for ball means acts. I think Minnesota Minnesota can pull an upset. Minnesota can pull a big upset, and but. And I think I, I say this because Minnesota, they they've been they've been beating teams they shouldn't be beating this year, and they've also been losing the teams they shouldn't have been losing to this year as well. Um, North Carolina, North Carolina State, that's going to be a great game. That's under the radar. Um, North Carolina, you know, starting to hit their stride, but you know, still one and uh, two and nine this year. Um, NC State's going bowling this year. Could be very possible that they play in the New Year's Day Bowl as well. Um, Iowa State, K State. Um, I think the winner. I think the loser of this game is going to go to the Sun Bowl. Um, I think uh, K State may play in the um, K State may play um, on New Year's Day. Um, of course, Oklahoma and TCU next week. Northwestern Illinois. That's going to be a great game. Um, that's always a great game. I think Northwestern will win that game. Illinois rebuilding project there again. Vanderbilt, Tennessee. Um, no Butch Jones, but you do have Brady Hope there, who's auditioning for a coaching position there. Um, 
Idaho in their in their final uh, conference game. Uh, I think they're going bowling this year. They're not going bowling this year, but um, their final conference game. Um, before dropping down to um, dropping back down to uh, the FCS level, um, very sad to see them go because I think that this is a team. I think that this is a team on the rise, and um, will they be suited to to play in the FCS? I think I think they will be, um, but you know, just hate to see just hate to see them. Uh, go the way that they're going, um, getting booted from the from the um, Sun Belt, which they shouldn't boot anybody, but you know they do. Anyway, um, like I said, um, Oregon, Oregon State, one and ten against uh, six and five. Um, Justin Herbert is going to be back. You know they're they're averaging forty nine point point three points a game when he's there. Um, Um, I, I really think that he. I really think that Oregon, Oregon will win this game. They won this game big, but um, I just hate. I hate seeing Oregon State the way that they look right now, and um, it, it's a it's a sad state of affairs in the state of Oregon right now. Um, in regards to um, the situation, I mean, it's almost like. You've gone through that cycle, and, you know, now you have to, uh, yeah, I mean, you've gone through that cycle of, of great players. Now you're trying to rebuild and, and make yourself a little bit better. So uh, that being said, I think that you're going to see a lot of, um, you're going to see a little bit of changeover. You're going to see a little bit of a different kind of offense from Oregon next year. Still going to be high octane, still going to be very fast-paced, but, it's not going to be as it, – it, it's going to be a little bit slowed down. It's going to be watered down than what you saw this year and, and, and you know, the Helfrich Kelly years, you know, where it was just speed, 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 let's, let's play, let's play, let's play. Um, so, with that being said, I think I think you're going to see Oregon be a little bit different, but they're going to be a whole lot better. Jim Levitt's got that defense going. Um, injuries have, have, have hurt them a lot. Like, like we said, injuries have hurt them um, as well. Um, A&M, LSU, you know, haven't had the quarterback play because Starkle's been hurt. Kellen Mons come in and made and made a great impact, but he can't throw the ball downfield like Starkle can. Um, I like L- I like I like A&M in this game, um, but there's something about something about playing that night at LSU that that makes me not want to pick against them. So, um, that being said, I mean, I like ending them in this game, but I think LSU playing at home at night can't beat it. They'll win. Um, DCSA, um, not a great season, uh, six and four uh, this year. Um, really excited to see what they're going to do. They end up seven and four uh, against Louisiana Tech team. Um, they'll be at home. They'll be they'll be playing in, in, the, in the bowl game, and 
I'm very excited for that team to be playing in that bowl game as well. So, um, I said, I'm just, I said, there's some, there's a lot of great games out here today that that are under the radar. Yeah, one of the best games that's, that's under the radar is is um, Colorado and Utah. I mean, that's the Rocky Mountain rivalry out in the Pac-12. I think this game, this game is really close. It's close. It's gonna be closer than people think. Uh, Colorado, I think Colorado needs to win to be bowl eligible after that great year they had last year. Um, <coughs> after a great year they had last year, I mean, they guys really a lot of kids. So, I mean, it, it was really hard for them to – it was going to be really hard for them to, to be to be that team again. And Utah, again, they need a game and win this game to be boils as well. They start off 4-0, and then they lost – they. Lost four straight games. I mean, to a good Stanford team, to a good USC team, to a good Arizona State team, a pretty good Oregon team, and then you know, do you lose late to both Washington and Washington State? I mean, that 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 pretty much gets you. It pretty much hurts you in the long run. Um, but at the same time, I mean. This is a good, like I said, this is a really good Utah team next year. They're going to be even better. But the Apple Cup is the game that a lot of people have been circling for the last few months because you look at Luke Falk, you look at at Browning, at Jake Browning, and you're looking at possibly the two best quarterbacks in in the country. And the reason why I say why I say this is gonna be one of those games where you just gonna sit back and just just smile and, and <laughs> just smile because this is gonna be this got shootout written all over it. But Washington's gonna put points on the board a little bit different than what they did last year. There's no more John Ross, there's no more speedbacks, you know, that that you had before, Miles Gaston, players like that. You're gonna see them do things a little bit different. You're gonna see them do things a little bit more methodical than they did last year. But they will take their chances. They'll take their chances with Pettis really quick. So that being said, I, I, I like Washington in this game, but I, I, I like Washington State better. They finally got a running game. They don't have a thousand yard rusher, but. Then I have a thousand yard rusher, but you know he's got about five hundred yards rushing. So um, really excited to see that. Then you got you know you don't even have anybody over over a thousand yards receiving. Um, so like I said, I mean I, I'm excited to see what's going to happen in this game. I really am, and um, I want to see. I want to see. What the best pass defense can do against the best pass offense, and that's what we'll get out of that. I want to see if the rushing defense for for Washington State can stop the rushing offense of of Washington. I mean, I just I I really want to see I really want to see this game. Old rivalry here, BYU Hawaii. I mean, 
I don't think the game's the game is not as good as it used to be. BYU's coming off a of really they're they're doing horrible this year. They should be doing better, but they're not. Uh, New Mexico State again. Idaho, New Mexico State. You know, both of these schools are playing their final games in in um, in the Sun Belt against each other. <laughs> against each other, one's going independent, the other's going to FCS. So, going back to the Big Sky. So, you know, it's sad. Like I said, it's a sad set of affairs in Moscow. Um, and, and you know, I, a lot of people have asked me about why why they think. Moscow, why they think Idaho is dropping down. I mean, when you look at when you look at what you have at um, and there's some more breaking news as well. Um, Mike Riley is out at uh, this is broke about 10 minutes ago. Mike Riley is out at Nebraska. So a lot of people uh now now the whole Scott Frost situation if it's true will it happen is is it true that now now you got to wonder now if that's really true that you know the deal's been finalized we'll find out we'll find out in the next next couple we'll find out in the next couple hours so um And his buyout is a little almost seven million dollars. So, I mean, do I think that he deserved another year? I think he did. I, I think Mike Riley deserved another year. You know, four and eight. Um, four and eight this year. Um, but you know, a school that 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 a school that. <laughs> that really, I don't even know how to even put it. They hang their hat on on defense, you know, in the black shirt defense, and you give up fifty points in three straight games. And this is sort of the same. This is sort of the same way. Um, it's the exact same way Bo Pelini was let go. It's the exact same way that um, Callahan was let go. You know, and to be honest with you, and and to be completely, I mean, I'm I'm gonna put it this way, and I and these Nebraska fans can take it as as you want as you want it. I don't really care, but I'm gonna say this: the biggest mistake Nebraska ever made was letting Frank Solich go. Look at what he's doing at at Ohio. Winning, uh, winning a hundred games at Ohio, doing the things that he that he does best. I mean, I, I just I just don't. I, I mean, this is what you get when you take when you try to chase and and do things different than what you're normally accustomed to. You know, that's just me. Um, but for the most part, man, I'm so I said I'm so excited. For for the rest of this year, um, the rest of the season, man. Rivalry weekend. 
give you my thoughts on, well, as I said, I'm going to give you my thoughts on uh, my prediction on the Auburn game, man. And, uh, like I said, you got the best kicker in the nation, Auburn does. You have the 10th best. You have the 10th best um, defense in the nation. You have the 5th best uh, rushing attack in the nation, um, as well as the SEC's uh, leader in, in QB efficiency, Jared Stidham, completion percentage, and Jared Stidham. Um, can this team do the things that they want to do? I think they can. I think they will. Um, this is going to be a very close game. I do believe. Um, but I am going to give the edge to Auburn. Um, I like Auburn by seven. It's going to be a very close, very competitive game. It's going to be defensive-oriented pretty much throughout. I think you may see some – you're going to see some big plays from both teams. But whoever can control the line of scrimmage and whoever can can establish the run game first, Will win this game, and as I said, as I said earlier, Auburn establishes the passing game on first down. It keeps it keeps the defense honest, and they will win this game. They've got they've got to play within themselves to win this game. So, that being said, man, I'm gonna take a quick session break. We'll be right back and. We're going to come back. We're going to wrap everything up. Y'all stay tuned.
Welcome back to the Fresh Boston Cellgate crew. My name is Jermaine. I the Tiger is upon us, man. We got about three and a half, got a little less than three and a half hours to go until to kick off. About five minutes, to, about five minutes to kick off at uh, about, about ten minutes to kick off in in the flats at EGA. Man, just so excited for the weekend, man. Auburn will win this game, twenty-seven twenty. I do believe. I believe in Auburn. I believe in Gus. I'm riding the Gus bus. Let's do this. My name is the main event. See y'all next week. I'm out. War damn eagle.
and all been sins of chili your bones. You don't believe me, pack your bags, we'll meet you at the Georgia Dome. Yeah. Oh. 